tūwhera te tāwhera o te riri kāre e titiro ki te ao mārama, ka tūwhera te tau ko whiringa pōti me titiro, me tātare ki a tāe ki te māramatanga. Welcome to Mata with me, Mihi Ngārangi Forbes, brought to you by Te Māngai Pāho and the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Uh, later we'll discuss police pursuits, green lighting GE and ikaro rāwhiti with staff political reporter Glenn McConnell and commentator Shane Te Pou. Engari hei tūmata i te ahi kōrero, kia whitawhita ai, ka hiki i te kaunoti, hika hika i tāmaki makaurau. After months of heated debate and fierce opposition, Auckland Council has voted to sell 7% of its shareholding in Auckland International Airport to balance the books. The majority of these shares originally belonged to the ratepayers of Manukau City Council, but were inherited by the super city when it was established in 2010. Now the money raised from the sale will be used to pay off debts incurred across the region. One of the staunchest opponents to the sale is Manukau Ward Councillor and Ngāpuhi descendant, Alf Filipaina, and he joins me now from Wellington via Zoom. Tēnā koe i te tātāriki e Alf. Mōrena, mōrena. Good to be here as always. Mōrena, mōrena koutou to our two brothers that are there as well. Kia ora. So, South Auckland bailing out the rest of Tāmaki Makaurau, you know, how do you feel about it? Oh, look, uh, the, the, the fact that we had to use the legacy uh, shares from Auckland City Council and and, and um, Manuka City Council, you know, I, I, I tried to get those those shares and, and the, the, the dividends to be paid back into those two respective areas, but aroha mai, all those voted me down. And, and I don't feel happy, but it is what it is. What kind of response did you get from those who are usually aligned with you, know, the likes of Shane Henderson, Richard Hills and Julie Feely, uh, Feely who abstained or voted to sell? Yeah, I mean, look, that, that, that was their choice. Um, and, and, I mean, we were always adamant that those that uh, voted not to sell partial or full sale, we were always adamant that that is the line because of, of the benefits that we can see, not only for our whānau now, but our younger generations and generations to come. Um, this is why it was important that we held the line in regards to that. Even after all the information we received, I still fell on the side that these shares should be kept for Tamaki Mokodo, um, but more importantly to the Manuku City Council legacy and Auckland City Council, and it should not have been sold at all. What were some of the discussions or the debates um, on either side of this that you, that you heard? Well, I mean, for, for, for me, you know, when people said, look, we don't want to increase debt. Well, look, when we have a look at the ratio that we've got currently with, 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 our, with our debt ceiling from uh, the two organisations, Standard and & Poor's and Moody's, I mean, we could get up to about 275. We, we, we're not even close there. And, and they said we could borrow up to 140 and it wouldn't affect our rating. We have got a very, very good rating with them. We have a debt of, of just... Uh, I think on 12 billion, but we've got an asset of about 70 billion, and they—they're the ones that said yes, we should. Um, we've got no problems around the 140 million, and that was the the figure. But no, people said, oh, we can't do this and everything else. But guess what happened? We ended up um, selling seven percent of our shares that should not have been sold. Why is the of the airport important to the people of South Auckland? Well, look, we, we have got so many of our workers there. The majority of the people who are working there are from Southside. Um, we also, this, this, is, this is our airport, Aotearoa's airport. So therefore then we should be keeping as much of a stake in the airport 
it's ours. It's a gateway to Aotearoa, but it also allows our, our Pacific community. The Pacific community are the ones that ended up contacting me and saying, Alf, we should hold on to them because that's where they come in. The dividends that we end up receiving, no matter what happens, I guarantee in the next few years, that debt that's just been paid off as a result, that debt will be up again. What are we going to do then? Sell the rest of the shares? Sell the port? I don't know. Well, I won't be at this stage unless I get very good um, evidence um, and information. I will not be supporting that. When you look at some of the um, asset-based services and, the re and there's been a call for redistribution of those, when you look at um, South Auckland, local boards, they receive considerably less than the likes of Henderson, Waitemata and Howick. Uh, this is the kind of funding that pay, plays, uh, pays for playgrounds and those kinds of initiatives. Well, well, do you think that the local boards in South Auckland now deserve a bit of a payback, a bit of pot of money now well, that you've lost your airport shares? Yeah, look, they, they, they deserve payback even when we were getting the dividends because that's where it originally came from. Everybody's talking about, look, we're now uh, a super city. Well, that's all good, but always remember, and you know, there's a saying that always remember the past to help us move forward. Well, at the moment, everybody's just remembering now and saying, look, let's do this. The South Auckland, I, I, I know that our, our community is going to suffer because we were looking at $42 million as our dividend, and we're going to get less. Hopefully, October has taken into account the shares that we originally had, and that our next dividend, I've no doubt at all, will be low because there's 7% less. But that's, this, this has been dear to, to Monaco City. That's why we increased our stake uh, to 10.1 to avoid the takeover from Emirates and from the Canadian Pension Fund. You know, that's why we brought extra. I think it was about $5 million worth when I was there as a councillor. We brought that so we could end up having a blocking um, percentage. But now I, I don't know whether we've got a blocking percentage, um, and that's a shame, but it it has impacted on our community. And with the emails and texts I'm getting, they are definitely uh, angry and frustrated. Waikato Tainui has publicly stated it wants the shares. Is there any scope for that to happen? Well, look, there's always going to be a scope for Waikato Tainui and any of our mana whenua. Um, and, you know, and, and that's that's what happens now in regards to it, to ensure that it stays um, with our people, with our community, and it stays here, not anywhere else offshore. That's why um, with Waikato Tainui, uh, mana whenua, anybody, it, it's so important that that gets pushed, definitely. Tēnā koe, Alf, tō tātou whanaunga nō te nōta. Kia pai tōra. Kia ora nā. Kā kiti anō. Hei, aro hei hei i ngā kaupapa tōranga pū o te wā, kua karapunipuni mai e tahi mātanga tōranga pū Māori. Joining me on the panel today are two of Tāmaki Makoto's finest political writers and platform rivals, staff uh, political reporter Glenn McConnell and Herald columnist Shane Te Pautena Kōrua. Kia ora. Frenemies. Frenemies. You guys are frenemies. Comrades. Com oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Love that. What do you think of what Alf was saying? Oh. I, I totally agree with Alpha, and I'm very disappointed. You know, there's no secret that I'm a, I'm a lefty. I'm very disappointed in the Labour city and city vision endorsed candidates. There was no need to sell. 
this strategic asset or partial sale. Um, the reality is that debt is only about one sixth of the of the of, of the of the asset base. You know, so just put it in perspective. It's like having a million dollar home and borrowing an extra fifty thousand dollars because you're you're uh, you, you know you've got a hole in your roof. That's what you do. And I think it was sort of simple economics. But you know, um, the mayor bullied and pushed people into it. Um, and uh, yeah, also you know, having lived in South Auckland for twenty odd years, I have a uh, real sympathy with where Alfie is coming because I can remember when. We bought those shares. Monaco City bought those shares, but uh, the vote to sell it was not only uh, based on um, councillors based in Monaco and Auckland because they were the sort of legacy holders, but West Auckland and, and North Shore. And uh, yeah, and I think the people of South Auckland, particularly, uh, uh, ought to feel aggrieved. Mm. What do you think the government will make of it? It's a strategic um, public asset. I, I don't think there's much the government can mm. do here. Um, the issue seems to be that. Auckland City isn't serving all of Auckland. Yeah. We have a council which isn't really elected mm. by many South Aucklanders. We know that from the you know terrible vote turnout mm. um, in South Auckland, and now we have you know Monaco coming to save the rest of Auckland, its assets, its savings, paying for roads and the North Shore and everything mm. else. And what is going to happen now? Can councils continue to just sell assets or, or are we going to see, you know, costs cut and will those costs be in South Auckland? Mm. Will, the, will this government be regretting backing uh, FSL Collins? Uh, or not backing them enough? Oh, well, look, I just think that <clears throat> it wasn't a matter of Labor backing FSL or not enough. I think, you know, the votes were just where they, where they fell. But, you know, just back to the central point, take a drive to South Auckland, go to Ōtara, go to Mangere, have a look at their playgrounds. And then let's go to the North Shore. And let's go to where I live in Epson and have a look at their playgrounds. There's playground poverty. Mm. There's a disparity in those simple things like playgrounds. And here's the other thing. Airport chairs now, ports next. What about swimming pools? Mm. You know, um, Mayor Brown only some six weeks ago uh, said, um, you know, do we need professional librarians? You know, shouldn't we house it? Shouldn't we use volunteers? Well, what's next then? Libraries? You know, so where do you, where do you stop once you start asset stripping? And it's only a temporary band-aid approach, as Elf said. Do you think it could go that far? There's not enough swimming pools anyway. When you when mm. you think about the population, I mean, we're in central Auckland. You look at Mount Albert. That's the swimming pool. Yeah, uh, that's borrowed. It's on um, mm. on a, on a school's ground. You'd hope not, but there's definitely an issue where the council doesn't mm. have the revenue and it doesn't want to increase rates. Mm. What's it going to do? It's losing dividends. Yes, you know, there's a, a good argument that it can't continue to spend like this. And, and by selling the airport shares, its debt payments will decrease. That's a short-term solution. Mm. Across the country, I think, though, we see issues where councils have a lot to spend, a lot of services, and not that much money. Mm. Let's talk about wealth tax. The Green Party has announced its po uh, tax policy, which would see a wealth tax introduced. The, the National Party says it's a massive tax grab. So here's how it would work. Uh, this is the example. Because I'm married, I would have to have a $4 million house with no mortgage before the wealth tax would kick in for me. Um, how is it being received, do you think? It's complicated. I was at the Green Party announcement on Sunday and I wrote about it for stuff and I had a lot of people writing in because they don't quite, a lot of people don't understand how income taxes work mm. and wealth taxes. What does all of it mean? They announced a lot on one day. Mm. So there was the wealth tax, then there was the 
um, adjustment to the tax brackets. Yes. Then yeah. there's also a child tax. Payments, yep. um, all, all sorts going on, and it's, it's fairly confusing. Mm. I think, though, the wealth tax, it, it will only target a small number of people. And for everyone else, the Greens are saying money for you, money for you, payments, tax cuts. It's quite um, populous, really. Will they be able to explain it? I'm not sure. It is um, some big dreaming stuff from the Green Party. Mm. Is it, um, you know, 3.7 million New Zealanders apparently will get something back mm. in their, um, from their tax. Is I, it, will I, it work? Yeah, I think it, I think it will resonate. And it's also not as radical as their last proposal. They've moved it up from 1 million to 2 million. And I think it's, you know, I think it will resonate in middle New Zealand. You know, uh, Mr Luxon the other day said, well, you know, I've worked, worked hard to um, build up my um, my." property investment portfolio. Well, you know, I've made no secret of this. I'm a landlord. There's no hard, there was no hard work involved in it. Ten years ago, I bought a home at 2.5%. It's gone up 30% and I didn't pay one cent tax on it if I, if, if I sold it uh, tomorrow. And actually, under this regime, I won't either. So, you know, this is fundamentally about um, dealing with the growing poverty gap that exists in Aotearoa, it is quite radical in, 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 in some approaches, but what we've learned today eh, is you can't do incremental stuff. School lunches, cool. Um, upping the, um, attaching um, beneficiary payments to uh, inflation, cool. But it's incremental. What I think we need is some radical change or we're just going to see a greater um, um, disparity, economic disparity and the poor will get poorer and the rich will get richer. When you think about the, the wealth tax and it is only a very small percentage of people who have a very large asset and there's also um, a safety mechanism in there if you don't earn much of an income, I guess that's targeted at the elderly, they can have some support. Mm. Do you think this will get the support of young people who have been locked out of the housing market? Yeah, I think it probably will, but the Green Party will always have you know, a younger support yeah. base. The wealth tax was, was a bit weird because why are we, you know, it's strange to tax something that isn't currently earning money. Why not a capital gains tax or something like that? Why, you know, a tax on, on bank accounts? And if you're really wealthy, wouldn't you just move that offshore? Will it actually work? Um, not many countries are, are interested in wealth taxes like that anymore. Just quickly before we move on, there was a universal child payment of 140 a week. Will this go some way in lifting child poverty? Yeah, the, the current child poverty stats, we, we've got, you know, it's reduced, but there's a, a number there who need a lot of support. This is universal. Should it be more targeted at the remaining, you know, whānau who are in poverty? Um, that will probably be a big debate for, for Labour and the Greens going into the election. Mm, yeah. Um, Labour has had, let's be honest, a couple of yeah. bad weeks. Um, yeah. Jane Tanetti, Michael Wood, mm. these are own goals. Uh, how does Chris Hipkins fix it? They are own, goal, own goals and they're unnecessary, but I don't think they, they go much beyond the beltway. I think Farno's still concerned about uh, about raising inflation, particularly around Kai and basic services, and they want to see what this government has to offer and what the alternative is. Uh, I think that uh, Michael Wood in particular, who I think is a very decent guy, I just don't know why he didn't sell earlier, I think that he will face some sanction and that sanction will probably be the loss of his sort of primary portfolio and that's transport and I think uh, that's what Luxon, I'm sorry, that's what uh, Hipkins is likely to do and move on as quickly as he can. I, I guess it's not one or Two, it's yeah. just this accumulative effect mm. of so many muck-ups. Do you think, I mean, you're following the election campaign um, and the lead-up to it. Uh, what are your, what's your take on it? Yeah, I think Martua Shane was, was mm. right there, that we have a you know, continued political scandal, but, but 
fairly boring political mm. scandals that have been rolling on for a few weeks or, or maybe longer for Labour. Mm. And it's, it's tiresome. If people, you know, voters look at this and are saying, why is this taking so long to sort out? I'm, I'm bored of hearing about this. Can we talk about something else? And yeah. if National Act or the Greens offer, you know, those different talking points, maybe that will um, mm. damage Labour. For now, I don't see people remembering, you know, Auckland Airport's shares of Michael Wood or, mm. or the Privileges Particularly Committee. Particularly with the other two yeah. that came out straight yeah. afterwards. Yeah, with Chair Tenetti in a few months' time. Yeah. Policies are being announced. Candidates are stepping, eight, uh, stepping up. Mm. You got anything to share? I've got two things to share, actually. Te tai hahuru first. Yep. I've uh, said that I, in the past on this show and in my column that I think that Labour could hold that seat. It's not going to now. I'm very convinced that it's going to go to Te Pāti Māori. Uh, the number one uh, reason that I said that they had a chance of holding on the seat was uh, they had very good on-the-ground organisation, largely Adrian's whānau. What's they've, happening they, they've packed up the tent and they're, they're not going to campaign. Mm. And it's nothing against the current campaign. Oh, because, you know, when it's your own whānau, you're a lot more but invigorated. But they're, they're all from yeah. Rātana Pā, they're all from Ona. I get that, and I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have enough intel whether there's actually a bit of a split, but certainly they're not going to do that. Ikororafati, you know, We've had Annette Wihi being mentioned, uh, Tane Randall, even... So this you know, is Willie... the replacement yes, of Mika yes, Whaiteri, who's yeah. gone to the Māori Party yes, and sorry. is standing as independent. No, yeah. carry on. That's right. So we've had, you know, Annette Wihi mentioned, we've had Tane Randall mentioned. Well, the winds of uh, Hedetanga have uh, mentioned a name by uh, uh, Thompson Hokianga, who is currently on the regional council, a uh, board member of the local iwi, and odds on favourite to accept the nomination. And I think uh, that will be very interesting because the board tends to be supporters of Te Pāti Māori. I think that will nullify it. And uh, by all accounts, he's a very earnest, well-known uh, um, uh, person uh, who has uh, been described to me as a beautiful speaker of our reo and, um, and I think will run a good campaign and probably gives the Labour a real chance of holding it. So Annette, we're here. She's great kapaka, mm. Matatini mm. and Tane Randall. You know, everyone loves a game of rugby up the coast. But um, Thompson, Hokianga, I mean, relatively unknown on the pub, on the public, in the, to the public. But do you think it will matter? No, I don't think it will matter. I think there's plenty of time, although time is running out. It sounds like a relief. Um, last time I heard Willie Jackson speaking about it, he's like, oh. Maybe I need to put my hat in, in this ring. Maybe we can't find anyone. I don't know why. He's got too many hats, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was thinking about moving back home by the sounds, but that, that's good news for Labour that um, this is finally mm. um, moving into campaign mode. I also think we read that, that seat wrong. We talk, we talk about the Coasties. Actually, Wainui Mata. That's where you want to win those votes. Wainui Mata, Napier, and, and Hastings City. So, yeah, that's yeah. where it's going to be won or lost. How good is Mecca looking down there now, though? Well, uh, I think that there's, uh, Pete, there, there seems to be a, a sense of a betrayal that she didn't come and have a court at all with them. Mm. And, uh, and you know, uh, Willie Jackson did a pretty decent job out of the last budget and uh, and had some good deliverables around Māori apprentices, uh, Māori media, and she can't take any credit for that. So, yeah, that's, uh, time will tell. Kapai. Uh, Christopher Luxon says the party will reduce climate change by letting GMOs out of the lab. Uh, they argue the technology has improved in the last 20 years and they think New Zealanders will agree with them. So nearly uh, half of New Zealand's greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture. The National Party wants to keep them off the emissions trading scheme and give farmers even more time before they start uh, paying. How will this affect New Zealand's reputation and the progress in reducing greenhouse gases, do you think? It, their argument is that across the world, no one else is really pushing 
that hard. So why should New Zealand have to, you know, pull, you know, take that climate burden and probably lose a lot of money because of it? But if you, you know, you care about the climate, you're worried about the future, another five years, probably after that, 2030, it'll be delayed another five years. We're getting very close. We need to start doing something. And relying on GE and all of that, have we actually seen, um, you know, any impact? It, it all seems like delay, delay. Yeah. And, and part of that is government policy. And, and that's, um, you know, I think smart from Luxon to pick that up on Sunday and say there are scientific solutions we haven't tried. Mm. Um, let's just move straight to the electoral reform. Looking pa uh, past this election, the Electoral Commission has made a raft of suggestions on how to improve New Zealand's system. What caught your eye? I like the look of it. I like the, not too big a fan of the 3.5 because I reckon if you can't get 5%, you shouldn't be in parliament. But I like the four years, a little bit more planning. And also I like the idea that uh, rangatahi over 16 years of age could vote because here's the reality. They can work full time. They can move out of a home with the parent consent. They can get married. They can serve or start to serve in our armed forces. It's not an arbitrary age, and I think they deserve they deserve the right to vote. So I'm pleased with that. Glenn is way closer to 16 than you I and know. I. So let's ask Glenn. Do you support one of that recommendation? Yeah, lowering the voting age to 16. There's no argument really against it, unless you don't like the views of 16 year olds. But you yeah. can't use that to take away someone's right to vote. Yeah. Um, it's an, a no-brainer. How about entrenching the Māori seats? Surprised it isn't. Shocking that it isn't. Mm. Um, I think most people would expect that, you know, like the rest of Parliament, this, mm. is, this is protected. Um, and he didn't really like 3.5%, mm. but, you know, what are your thoughts around that when you look at the Greens uh, uh, Act and then New Zealand First, who all sometimes are around there? <laughs> yeah, the 3.5%, the, the payoff there would be no coattailings, yes. and, and that would hit the Māori Party. They mm. would have only had one MP mm. Um, this term had mm. that gone ahead. On the other, you know, 1% of New Zealand is a lot more than it used to be when yes. these rules were put in. So maybe we should look at um, changing that or having more in peace. That's mm. a good point. Uh, this week, the fleeing driver policy is set to change with the police commissioner announcing the policy would become less restrictive. What might that look like, Shane? Uh, what that might look like is uh, more chases and more people dying, yep. and I don't like that. I think that we've, I think that uh, ram raiding and retail crime is a problem, but this is not the solution. There's other policing mechanisms to catch these guys. Uh, use uh, Eagle in Auckland and other methodologies, but chasing young, and they are largely young people, will, will lead to more deaths, not only of those young people, but of innocent um, uh, folks Most on the road and, and maybe police. I think it's foolish. Um, some say that drivers are becoming more brazen. I think it's doubled um, the, the, you know, fleeing drivers in the last few years that we've had this kind of tough policy. What's the balance? Yeah, this is such a dire end of politics, right? Life yeah. and death, crime. Um, I was in select committee with police uh, commissioner Andrew Costa and he was being criticised from both sides. You know, you can't have people knowing that they won't be chased. Mm. People know that now because the policy's been there so long, but he's, he was you know, very clear that this change will mean people will probably die. Uh, it's grim, and I'm not sure what the solution would be, but uh, you can, obviously can't go too far. And, you know, 75, was it, people died over 10 years when this policy... Yeah, you know, a review last year found that in 2021 and 2022, under the fleeing driver policy, which is not to chase, there were no deaths. Mm. Um, and prior to that, in the, 20, in the decade before that, 75 people had died. And I... 
wonder if you broke mm. that down, if you have a look at, you know, how, how that's made up. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's young people. Why do you think they're doing this? Oh, I think I, th- I think that we've we have got a crime problem in Aotearoa, and, and I think it's a, uh, you know we can't blame it on COVID, but it seems to be an international thing. But you know what? It's it's probably 150, 200 Fano, and I think that we need to look at other alternatives rather than chuck them in jail. I think uh, the wraparound services that Manuka Urban Māori Authority, Waipareta Trust, Manirua Marae, and I can only speak for Tomaki Makoto, are uh, the answer. It's it's not in, it's not um, it's not uh, a tough on tough on crime approach. Mm, I mean, I know I didn't put this in our notes or to ask you, so I'm putting you on the spot here, but when they say, you know, crime is increasing, can you give us a little bit of a a breakdown of what that means? Crime has increased and it's increased in youth crime. All of that can be linked to COVID and you had children in homes where, where it wasn't very nice, where there was abuse, where there was a lack of resources during the pandemic. They have had a tough few years and they are young. If they're the people being chased on the roads through this new policy, it will be rangatahi dying, and especially in places like South Auckland and uh, Waikato. So this is, um, you know, we, we need to help these kids pretty much before the police get involved. What could we be doing? You know, he's, uh, Shane's talked about Fano Auto, and those are great wraparound services, but, you know, last... Uh, at the end of last year, the government actually took the contract off Whānau yes. Order out in Waipareira, mm. which was the truancy one where they were working one-on-one with some of these kids. What more could be done? It, it's really tough, yeah. Um, mm. The good thing, in a way, it, it's not good, it's sad how we got here, but the authorities do kind of know who, who we're talking about. They know who they need to reach out to. Uh, it's just a hard, hard job. We need a lot of social workers. Yeah. Uh, look, I don't think we can excuse thuggery and brutality. Uh, here's the reality. Where you have economic dep- deprivation, you have crime. Mm. You you fill that void, you have less crime. And, uh, you know, we just, what we are witnessing is we are witnessing in, um, entrenched poverty, generational. When you have no hope, you don't care. And I think mm. that's just the reality. It's cause and effect. And right back to um, the council kind of business and um, I guess, you know, what wouldn't you be getting rid of? Uh, basketball courts, um, you know, all those kinds of things where our tamariki and our rangatahi are hanging out. What's important in cities? Yeah, it's the little things, isn't it? That that kind of help, you know, connect people, places to to connect, and that's what councils are for. They they do have an important role. Mm. Yeah, and you know, in, in South Auckland, there's an awesome initiative. It's called the Southern Initiative, which is mainly rangatahi, Māori and Pacifica um, led. I've had a lot lot to do with them in the past, and uh, it's about locals coming up with their own solutions and, mm. and, and fixing the problem themselves. Kapai, what are we looking forward to in politics this week, just quickly? Oh, it is a big week, but luckily it is um, a week where I get a bit of a, a, a short week, to be honest. Field days is on, all the politicians heading there and staff's agriculture team will be reporting that, so I get a few days off. Kapai. <laughs> Me? And, and poll, uh, I think we're going to see a new round of polls come up in the next week or so. And uh, I wonder predictions? if... Predictions? Uh, well, I, I think that if the right break plus 4%, um, plus, four. plus 4, if they do break plus 4%, I think the gap will be um, get bigger and, and they will win the election. But if Labour is to hold them under 4, I think it's going to be close. But I think the next three or four weeks are critical. Tēnā kōrua. Uh, o te rā tēnā tātou e hāpai ana i tēnei tikanga nui ki te Māori, te wānanga i ngā take nui o te wā. Rūnanga mai, whare nui mai, kauta mai, 
a kia hui mai te Māori me wānanga kātika. Ka nui te mihi ki te puna whakatonga rewa me te māngai pāho. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in a fortnight. Ngā hōra mai.